0: I love this guy to death. My dear friend and colleague, Andrew Shook. Get ready for a full-on multifamily education in this week's episode. Inverted yield curves, cap rates, all the good stuff. I'm Dalton Elliott, uh, and fun fact, I was born in Hickory, North Carolina, raised in Murrells Inlet, South Carolina, Carolina boy. Uh, and this is the Real Estate of Things podcast brought to you by Lima Capital, the nation's premier lender for real estate investors.
1: You're listening to the Real Estate of Things podcast.
0: Sir Andrew Shook, thank you for joining my friend. You got five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. We're live. We're going live and moving color. I, I say Sir Andrew Shook because I only know you as Shook, Shooky Bear, Mr. Shook, so forth. Well, I didn't. I didn't know that your parents gave you a first name. I thought I thought shook was it. So good. uh,
2: Yeah, it was it was a great debate to be honest with you. But they they ultimately decided on something that started with A. So
0: ah, there you go. That's fair. That's fair. It it makes sense. I get the full picture now. Uh, But thank you for joining. I uh, you are uh, again. I know you as our multifamily uh, guru in house. But tell me a little bit about uh, what you do at Lima One Capital and your background in the space. You have been, uh, you know, you've, you've run some shops, so you you have quite the uh, the pedigree here.
2: Well, that's kind, um, but I have been at it for more than a minute. There's no doubt. Um, but yeah, my responsibilities um, at Lima One are to really, you know, look after the capital markets function for multifamily, help with uh, uh, product development and pricing. Um, and it's a, it's a bit of a, uh, you know, dual role. Um, I work with a lot of the salespeople on structuring transactions and trying to, you know, make sure we can get them organized in a way that puts the right risk on the balance sheet and gets a deal done interface a lot with our credit partners, um, and make sure everything is addressed and, you know, and pricing. So, um, I mean, it's not literally my title, but almost like a product manager kind of role. Um, but technically, I'm head of commercial real estate capital markets for
0: the firm. Got it. And and I want to dive right into kind of the multifamily and commercial world. Uh, I was walking on our sales floor earlier this week, and uh, CNBC was on one of the TVs, and you saw just a bunch of news, inverted yield curve. Uh, what? in the world does that mean? mean, what is an inverted yield curve and why does that matter in the multifamily and commercial space? Does it matter? And if so, why?
2: Oh, it matters a lot. Um, Yeah, for sure. So a normally shaped yield curve is a yield curve where the longer maturities have higher yields. So the yield on the 10-year treasury note is greater than the yield on the two-year treasury note. and you know it, it's this year in the markets has been so tumultuous. Um, you know, two years ago, and you know, and a half, we had the COVID outbreak and all of the uh, tumultuousness and and uncertainty that was created from that. Then everything settled down, and from a financial markets perspective, in 2021, and then. Um, you know, with all of the stimulus and the printing of money and other factors that were in play, we've had this massive spike in inflation. And as a result, the Fed has had to raise rates significantly. You now, just, you know, looking at a couple of quick charts before this episode, and just 12 months ago, the, the two-year swap rate was 30 basis points, you know, a third of a percent. And yeah. right this minute, it's at, Three eighty six. So, the you know it's more than tenfold higher than it was, and currently the ten-year swap rate is right at three point three five percent. And so, when you have this relationship where the two years at you know call it three eighty five, and the ten-year is at you know three thirty five, that's an inverted yield curve, where the shorter maturity Instrument has a higher yield than the longer maturity instrument,
0: and just for multifamily operators, right? You're looking at uh, right just short term duration versus longer term duration financing. So it it really makes you go back to the drawing board in some cases on uh, what kind of debt you're going to take down on properties, right? Yeah, well, I mean, it's
2: all about the business plan. Like it, it's, it's really a very, you know, the multifamily business is a very common sense business. It's not super complicated. It's not differential calculus. Um, but you're, you're in, in, in a bridge lending context, you're buying a property and you're gonna fix it up some way, somehow. It could be um, like physical rehab, New countertops, new cabinets, new appliances, landscaping, you know, that sort of thing, refreshing the units and taking a 30-year-old property that's maybe a lower class B property, class C property, and giving it a nice refresh, amenities that are, you know, popular and in demand from the tenant base. You know, dog parks is a big thing now, um, and other types of amenities, um, and, and then retenanting the property, you know, at higher rents Um, or it could be, uh, you know, just a a sort of a property management play to something much more heavy where you need, you know, windows and roofs and HVAC systems and something that's a lot more structurally involved. Um, And so it just, it's a variety of things, but the other dynamic that's going on now that's really interesting is with the market volatility, the business assumptions that you made, call it, you know, fourth quarter last year, January this year, are probably not valid anymore. So what's with you know, again, with all this inflation, construction costs have gone through the roof. That's been on the news, you know, left, right, and center. Um, what what are you going to do? Oh, well, I, you know, the in-place rents are $950. I was going to push them to $1,250. Well, that's a lot. You know, $300 bucks on, on $950 is kind of a third, roughly speaking, right? So, but can that happen now? You know, if if unemployment, you know, creeps up, is the tenant base going to be there at $1,250? Well, the, you know, the optimists of the world would say, of course they are. You know, I'm, I'm a great sponsor and I'm going to have a wonderful property and people are going to want to live there. And I'm sure that's true. They can only live there if they can actually afford to pay the
0: rent. All right, Shook. So to use your words, I'm going to make a gross oversimplification and tell me true or false on my gross oversimplification. So would it be fair to say false? There? Probably. Probably. <laughs> but but. Knowing it's a gross oversimplification, let's see. Uh, Is it would it be safe to say, or would you agree with the statement that you know you have class A top twenty percent, class B middle sixty, class C lower twenty? Is it a fair statement that your safest investment on a risk reward calculation is going to be in that middle sixty percent, the class B property? Well, um, I all kidding aside,
2: I wouldn't it as, you know, safest for lots of reasons. Um, but I think what's wh- what I would agree with wholeheartedly is, you know, look, sponsors of, of the really high end class A buildings. Do fabulously well, they can do fabulously well and they're beautiful properties, um, but they are, in fact, by definition. Um, uh, addressing a relatively small slice of the market, right? Because you, it's this layered effect of, you know, someone has the ability to pay and they're willing to pay. And what might, you know, we're, we're, we're all emotional beasts as, as human beings, right? So when we signed up for that lease two years ago or a year ago or whatever, we might, might be feeling great for whatever reason and, now if we have more uncertainty even though we could pay we may, we may be like hey you know what i'm i'm gonna move into a, a lower dollar price place because i just you know something on un, unsuspected happens i just i just feel a little better you know um but certainly in it, when you're when you're you know addressable market if you will if your core um tenant base represents that, you know middle 60% and of the people that can pay right you, you've just got a lot more people and, and most markets are not heavily overbuilt um, in, uh, in in Class B apartments um, so you don't have this worry that you know supply is going to outstrip demand and put rent pressure on you for, from that regard. But you get, you know, you get to address the, that middle 60% and some piece of that, you know, higher end market that, you know, people, you know, voluntarily or non-voluntarily um, will shift out of that, um, you know, higher end, highly amenitized, you know, class A property into a class B property. So you're the, and, and the objective, right, is to fix it up, get it, uh, you know, 90 for 90 um which is 90% uh, both physically, at least 90% physically and economically occupied for 90 days consecutively. And then now your property' stabilized from a from an agency loan underwriting perspective. and then you can go refinance your bridge line into, um, you know, Fannie Mae, or Freddie Mac multifamily loan, or bank financing, or life company, or whatever the case may. Be.
0: Makes sense. Makes sense. So let's keep it moving. Talk to me about cap rates. This is always a fun multifamily topic. So I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this uh, underhanded softball at you and take a swing at that. However, which way you would like? Sure. Well,
2: again, you know, just to sort of level set. Um, information for the audience. I know that we have a lot of you know very sophisticated um, people that uh, enjoy the real estate of things uh, and some people that are learning more. So just a level set. Um, cap rate is you know sort of functionally the dividend yield, if you will uh, on the property. So strictly speaking, it's your net operating income um, which is your collected rents effective gross income, um, the, you know, minus the total operating expenses of the property. Um, and then, so it's that net operating income NOI divided by the purchase price of the property. Um, and to put sort of, you know, common sense, um, you know, range around that, um, some of the gateway markets, particularly on the West, you know, San Francisco, LA, San Diego, you know, East coast, you know, Boston and, and the greater Metro New York area, DC pockets of DC and the surrounding areas have gotten really low, like, you know, three odd percent. I've seen a couple of two handle cap rates and that just like blows my own understanding, but that's, yeah, it just, you know, it's, that's a very technical bid, you know, a lot of, Money chasing a small number of assets, Um, but you're unless you're you know paying cash, and even if you are paying cash for property, you want it you've got to have risk adjusted return. I mean, we're we're all whether we're we're doing it professionally or personally, we have a responsibility to um, you know make good risk based investment decisions. So why would you buy? You know, any asset that was yielding less than the 10 year treasury, right? Because you should, it's got operational risk associated with it. So cap rates are generally looked at versus the 10 year treasury. And, you know, hey, what's my, what's my, you know, pickup? What is my incremental yield versus the 10 year? And cap rates are frequently, um, You know, a cap rate over 7% in most markets um, is considered pretty high. Again, in the major markets, they're frequently in the threes um, or low fours. Uh, And there's, you know, lots of sort of common markets where that cap rate on a stabilized basis will be in that five to seven, you know, upper fours, maybe out to seven and a quarter, seven and a half. Um, Percent range, and so you know that makes a lot of sense. You want some buffer over the ten year. So you know now let's think about the last year. Or so you bought a uh, uh, a property at a at a four percent cap rate in some market, and now the the two year treasuries at uh, rather swap rates at you know two eighty five, and the ten years at three thirty five. So you know you're looking at the 10 year, now you're, you're just 65 basis points of, of incremental yield premium over just, you know, buying a regular way fixed income instrument. So, um, that's not a, a particularly, you know, I would respectfully submit that's not a particularly healthy risk position to be put in, um, the If you're in a, you know, six cap, you're still, you know, at least, you know, at least 150, 200 basis points, you know, to the good. Um, And that's in in the context of, of historical ranges, Um, you know, 400 basis points of cap rate spread historically would be very wide Um, and, you know, less than hundred basis points is, is definitely tight.
0: From an operator standpoint, you know, when COVID broke out and through today, uh, it just feels like we've seen a bigger number of SFR investors moving into the multifamily and commercial space. Uh, I think at least from the day-to-day on the sales side at Lima One, uh, kind of see that. What off the top of your head, uh, you know, some of the key points of advice tips, watch out for, uh, the nuances for someone who is moving from the SFR space into the larger unit multifamily space.
2: Yeah. Well, um, it it makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, in in a, in a multifamily property, all of your doors are on the same tax parcel, right? You don't have to drive across town to, um, you know, fix a leaky faucet or, or, or do whatever. So multifamily properties are much more operationally efficient. Um, that said, they are, you know, a little bit of a different animal. So depending on the, um, the magnitude of, of your, you know, SFR, your existing kind of SFR business, um, I think you would be, you know, uh, well-advised to spend a good amount of time interviewing property management companies that have expertise in both the local market that you're investing in. Um, most lenders, including ourselves require third-party professional property management if you don't live very close by and, um, you know, can demonstrate that, 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 that you have the capability to do so. Um, but also the, the the type of properties that that you manage or that the property management company manages. So you know it's it's a different thing to manage uh, uh, high end, expensive, very customer service driven, you know, class A property than it is to manage a garden style apartment. It's kind of right down the middle, um, which is very different than managing uh, section 42 property or a section eight property, you know, those, those properties have a lot of regulatory and reporting requirements. Um, and they're, they're, they're all, um, you know, if you have students in your property, you know, all of those things are present unique, uh, property management profiles and you want to make sure that, um, You've got a good property management company that's got a demonstrated track record in both the market and uh, the property type that that
0: you're buying. That very sage advice. I, I was at a multifamily conference uh, both at the end of last year and beginning of this year, and property management was a massive topic. It's an area that if you're not, if you, do, if you don't do your due diligence, if you're not thoughtful about it it will just be a nightmare for your entire life. So good. Uh-
2: yeah, it, it's it's a problem. And then, you know, with no disrespect to the property management companies of the world, but just because you hired a property management company doesn't mean you can set it, forget it. I mean, you have to manage them the way you would manage your own property. So, you know, as they're submitting, you know, repair bills or whatever, make sure they make sense double check them um, and, and really stay on top of it. So, um, and and then, you know, if you grow more and you want to set up your own property management company, then depending on, on your, on your, you know, business plan and how densely uh, populated your, your properties are, you know, maybe you can do that, but property management is, is really key for the long-term holder.
0: Shook, sure. uh, you're in this special bucket of people to me and I truly mean this. Uh, like I, I know every time I have any lengthy interaction with you, I'm going to learn something. Uh, and that is very exciting and valuable to me, uh, personally and professionally. And so I, I truly thank you for hopping on this episode, but just more broadly, thank you for being you, my man. I, I appreciate you. Well,
2: that's very kind. Um, I, I, I love working at Lima one and um, it, it's a great team, you know, and we've had a lot of success. Um, we've been blessed, you know, we're up, you know, over 20% quarter over quarter in the multifamily business alone. Um, we've got, you know, really compelling, uh, you know, T12 origination numbers. So um, I appreciate you having me on and uh, look forward to doing some more of
0: these with you. Absolutely. We'll have you back on sooner than later. Uh, For Lima One, visit limaone.com, L-I-M-A-O-N-E. You'll find our great multifamily product offerings there on the loan program page, in addition to SFR, rehab, rental, new construction, uh, bridge. We do pretty much everything here, big tent. So thank you again, Shook. Thanks everybody for listening. All right. Thank you.
1: Are you a real estate investor looking for the right lender that can finance all your deals and help you scale? Lima One Capital has the best suite of loan products in the industry bar none. Whether that's fix and flips, fix and holds, building new construction, or buying rental properties, they have incredible financing solutions for it all. A reliable, common sense lender is one of the most important parts of your investment team, and that's exactly what you get with Lima One. Let Lima One Capital show you how they've helped thousands of real estate investors scale and increase their wealth. Check out limaone.com or call 800-259-0595 to speak with a consultant in preparation for your next project. Thank you for joining us today on the Real Estate of Things podcast. Subscribe and tune in weekly for new content from the industry's best while we continue to unpack the nuances of this dynamic market. Follow us across social media for additional insights and analysis on the topics covered in each episode. And remember to rate, review, and share the show.